Y'all need your hymnal supplement? 806. We are on the final stanza, stanza number five. God dwells with us in darkness. God dwells with us in darkness. And spreads his light abroad. God dwells with us in darkness and spreads his light abroad. God dwells with us in darkness and spreads his light abroad. So he did this first in his first coming, uh, that he might come and dwell and live with us. Uh, as it says in John 1, that he came and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, and uh, came that he might save us. He continues his work through his apostles and preachers, through his word, that he might spread out the truth, that would be his light abroad, that he might spread out the truth about how God desires to save us and desires to save us uh, through his Son. But we resist the brightness and turn away from God, But we resist the brightness and turn away from God. But we resist the brightness and turn away from God. This is true of mankind as a whole, uh, due to our sinful nature, our original sin. All of us, um, by ourselves, would simply resist uh, the brightness turning away from God. And, and we have all. Um, that is our condition by by nature, and yet God has used his word uh, to call us. He has not let us go our way, but uh, his grace is that he might call us back. Yet grace does not forsake us. Yet grace does not forsake us. Though far from home we run. Though far from home we run. Yet grace does not forsake us. Though far from home we run. His graciousness as he continues to reach out for us. His grace is that he continues to have his word go forth that we might be called uh, back. No one is in a condition in which they uh, are, are so far from God that, that uh, he can't save them. No, he desires. His children God has made us through his beloved Son. His children God has made us through his beloved Son. His children God has made us through his beloved Son. So having sent us his Son, his <coughs> beloved Son, the one he loves, then we become sons of God through faith, and we are united with him uh, through faith in his Son. And so God calls us his children as well. All right, stanza number five. God dwells with us in darkness and spreads his life abroad. But we resist the brightness and turn away from God. Yet grace does not forsake us, though far from home we run. His children God has made us through his beloved Son. Lord's Prayer, we're on the third petition. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will, God's will, is what we're talking about tonight. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God, good will of God is done even without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. So, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who's doing God's will? According to that petition, hmm, who's doing God's will? What now? We're supposed to be, yeah, and yet we find out that we fail. Who is then? It says, as it is in heaven. Who's in heaven? God, angels, and saints. So yes, um, our God, obviously, he is holy, 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 um, but the angels and the saints are already there. They are doing the will of God perfectly. At the beginning, God created all the angels. Those that uh, sinned were cast out. Those that remained were perfected, never to fall again. Uh, the saints were as we are right now. Um, Cecil, we have a trouble keeping God's will. How come we have such trouble with this? The saints in heaven don't, but here, you and I, the saints here on earth, we got a little trouble. What's the difference? We got original sin, and it's still with us. Even though we've come to faith in Christ, uh, the scriptures describe our sinfulness that we have as clinging to our flesh. And so, as it says... Uh, once uh, the last day comes and we are risen from the dead, uh, we are given a glorified body, finally that sinfulness will be removed uh, from our body. And so, yes, we've got uh, the will of our sinful flesh. We might say, well, I want to go forward and do this, and yet our sinful flesh still is barking out orders, telling us, encouraging us, trying to get us to sin. Anything else? Any other things getting in the way of our doing the will of God? The devil, um, his will, uh, that's why he was kicked out of heaven, is evil and wrong. He wishes to drive us away from God. Uh, he does not believe that God is is good at all, um, and so he wishes to infect us uh, as he did Adam and Eve uh, and to lead us astray, and so uh, the devil is, is working to uh, teach us falsehood, lead us astray, uh, drag us into the punishment that, that he deserves. Anything else? Our own free will, we've got a free will, uh, the Lord has given us in, in external matters. And yet even then, you know, um, we do things due to uh, uh, our sinfulness even affects our reason. Um, even the, those uh, pagan philosophers who set their mind on doing the best good they could fell, fell short. We usually say there are three things. The devil and our sinful nature. The world. the world is the other. When we say the world, we mean other people who also have a sinful nature. And so we've got the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Uh, the wills of these are against God. And so uh, this is what we are up against. Uh, when God says to us, uh, pray that... <coughs> Thy will be done, asking God's will to be done. Well, that's because we need it. Oh, we need his help. Oh, we couldn't accomplish it at all. And yet, those in heaven already accomplish it perfectly. And so we know that God is able to do just exactly what we pray. So, the good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer. Why do we call it the good and gracious will of God? What is, what about this good and gracious? 
Why is it good? Okay, God is holy, so if he wills it, it must be good. And gracious because it's free. Ah, it's free. Um, God is providing it without cost. Um, he is, in his graciousness, providing, reaching out, uh, though we don't deserve, we might put merciful with it. Um, this will of God includes the Ten Commandments, but that's not the whole of it. Um, are the good? Are the Ten Commandments good? Absolutely. Are are they gracious? Is it gracious that God would give us the Ten Commandments? What's so gracious about that? It shows the way we should live. It shows the way we should live. Um, and is that good? Well, yeah. In fact, it's good for me. God says, this is good for you. Um, there are many things that you can, you, you can try it out, right? You, you can decide, you know, maybe should I, you know, get a, a, a car with four-wheel drive or should I not? You know, you can try, you can get one for a while and then decide maybe not and then, and then the snow comes, and you wish you had it. You know, I don't know. You can, you can decide. Um, try it for a while. There are many things in this life that if I simply decided to try, I would not recover. <laughs> Our God tells us ahead of time, this is what is good for you. This is what is bad for you. Uh, the reason that God gives us these commandments is because it's good for us that we would uh, cherish the wife that God has given. It's good for us that we would not lead a life of, of vindictive hate and, and, and harming others. It is good for us uh, that we would hear the word of God and use his name in prayer because that's the things that we need and could not do it without. It's good for us that we would fight against uh, uh, the sinful desires of covetousness and, and these things. It's just not good, these other things. And often these things, whether we're talking about immorality or whether we're talking about harming our neighbor, whether we're talking about the misuse of, of drugs or other uh, there may be no recovery uh, uh, from these. And so God doesn't say, well, just try out different uh, uh, lifestyles and, and see what, what's good. Uh, no. He says, I'll tell you. I'm your creator. Here's the way I made it. So it's good for us, and it's very gracious that he would provide that, for I would not have known that. I would not have chosen that. Um, uh, I don't even think I, I've gotten smart enough at, at, at my age to kind of go, yeah, I think I've kind of figured out why this is, yeah, it's beyond. More than that, God not only gives us the Ten Commandments, what else does he give us? The good and gracious will of God. Mercy. He gives us mercy primarily, and what's that other doctrine found in the Bible? Law? What's the other? <laughs> gospel. Right. to ask. Come on, tell me about that gospel, that mercy. We say gospel is good news. What does God desire about the good news? His will is that what? That we would be saved. That we would learn of that good news what Jesus has done for us, that we would believe it and trust in it. Um, oh, and with this uh, salvation, with this faith in Christ, with this being justified, comes many other gifts. <laughs> the fruits of faith, he starts to give us love and joy and peace. He provides for us comfort for a conscience. He provides for us his word, which it says is like a sword, an offensive weapon that, that can go against those sinful desires. He provides for us even kind of defensive weapons where we might bear up in patience uh, underneath oppression. And so he, in his will for us, is that we might, well, do the law, but that we might believe the gospel. Um, 
The law ends up showing us our sins, but the gospel gives us salvation. And so we can look back at the commandments and say, ah, I could give thanks to God uh, by trying to keep those. And so, the good and gracious will of God, it's, he, he is good and gracious, and what he has given us is for our good, and he graciously provides uh, that we might have that good. So, the good and gracious will of God. Um, he's going to be good. He's going to do that, uh, whether we pray or not. But we ask that it might happen, well, with us. So, we ought to go on to the second one. How is God's will done? Repeat after me. God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. So we've talked about the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. But here it lets us know uh, that it takes God to do the thwarting of the plans and purposes of this unholy trinity, the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which are uh, up against us. And so God says, yes, I'm going to break and, and hinder. Uh, I'm going to get in the way, and I'm going to break it up so that you can stand against it. How does he do that again? How does he break and hinder the evil plans of the devil and the world and our sinful nature? Hmm. All right, he sent us Jesus so that the rule of sin death and the devil might be broken, first and foremost. He works primarily, we're going to say, through the word. And through the word where he gives us that good news of what Christ has won for us. He puts us together with the Jesus who has defeated that. We're baptized into him. We're put together in him. He tells us about it in that, in that word. Um, tells us what, what the Lord has done for us so that we are thankful and then we, we wish to um, uh, keep his word. Absolutely. Then, once that word has been delivered, hmm, does God work in prosperity or adversity? Hmm. Luke, what are you going to add? The Holy Spirit is given wherever the word is. You're right. Um, the Holy Spirit teaches us those things which are right and true, teaches us the truth, um, convicts us so we believe it, um, inspires us, absolutely. Um, so I've got the Holy Spirit who's working through the word to give us the teaching of Christ and our salvation, sanctifying, making us holy. So, all right. Does God work through prosperity or does God work through adversity? Hmm. Does God work through triumph or does God work through uh, uh, affliction? What do we got, Luke? Both. He, he goes, he kind of turned his head a little sideways. Both? What was that? Like, was that both or maybe both? Why do you think both? Um, 
Yeah, it's all right. We'll give you a try. Michael had a hand, too. Michael, help him out. He does work in both. Absolutely. Um, there are sometimes he gives us his word so that we are ahead of time warned against what has been prepared, right? Huh. And you might actually come out victorious. You might tell the devil who says, did God really say? And you might say, I've heard that before. Yes, he did say. Um, and you might turn away temptation and be victorious. Okay. Yes, the Lord always gives us a way out. And in those trials and temptations, when he allows things to happen, he is also not wanting us to sin, but giving us a way in which he might strengthen us. When we have failed, when I said we were victorious, Michael smiled back there and he goes, yeah, just because you gave me the word ahead of time doesn't mean that what? That we listen. That we listen. Right, right. We feel like we're being punished. We feel as if uh, um, uh, uh, God is not around. And you might say, there are times in which God is always there, but, but there are times in which, and we, we, uh, Luther talks about how God wears masks. <laughs> He's always there, but he always comes to us through masks. That is, he... Yes. I think that's a good way to say, in disguise. Already you got the mask, a blessing in disguise. What's going on? God's providing. He's, he's still there, even when he, and he says, no, when you feel like I'm not answering, now I'm going to see if you're going to pray. What, what if I step out? Will, will you, you know, I, I, I know you've been doing what I want when I'm standing here, but what about if I step out the door? And, and he, he leaves it for us that it might be a strengthening of our faith, that we might see uh, uh, this opportunity in which it talks about in the scriptures, perseverance. That is, when these things happen, will there be a perseverance? Now, that perseverance is a strengthening that God is providing. Right. And he's like, here all along. Always. Yeah, I, and you're right. D does God actually step away? No, he's there the whole time. You're, you're exactly right. But it feels like that. That's all I was getting at. Very good. Thank you for making sure. It feels as if God has left. left the, he hasn't. He is there that time. Um, thankfully, even when we fail, and God doesn't want us to fail, but we do. And when we do, he is there saying... Confess those sins. I'm wishing to, to, to hold you. I'm not, I'm not running away from you. I'm not telling No. This, this, you can cling to my word uh, uh, there. You know, it's not that uh, we're, we're doing so well and then all of a sudden we sin. <laughs> we, 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 we've been having sins all along. It's just now we recognized it. And God says, okay, now you've got to see what I already know you're doing all the time. Confess your sin. Cling to me again. Uh, tell me how you... Uh, uh, sometimes we... we um, God is trying to help us, and, and we... He is hindering sin, and we break right through the whole thing. Um, Jonathan told me, he says, I don't know, Dad, you've been using me as an example lately. You know, I'm a little bit too much. Jonathan was supposed to take a bowl of grapes. <laughs> he was supposed to take a bowl of grapes to school. His mom said, don't forget the grapes, right? 
she had to leave, so Jonathan and I were home. She goes, remind him to, to, to take the grapes. He's gonna forget the grapes, right? And, and so, her mom, didn't she tell you, take the grapes? And then did I tell you? And then I told him, take the grapes. And I watched, he came out, he set his backpack down. Luke, you watching this? He set his backpack down, and then he went to go get on his coat, and I said, you know, he's gonna forget the grapes. <laughs> so I grabbed the grapes, and I set them on his backpack. I set them on his backpack in the living room. He walked out, picked it up, moved the grapes, picked up his backpack, and walked out to the car. I, I kid you not, it was this week. This week. I walked out holding the grapes to him at the car, and I go, really? This is what, you know, this is what God does. He teaches us ahead of time. He warns us. And, you know, and what do we keep doing? No, no, I got this. I got this. Right? What's he trying to teach us? We need him. We need him. You know, absolutely. And so it's, it's not that, that God is just kind of like, ooh, I'm going to tempt you. I'm going to. No, no, no. He's trying at every point. And we keep, keep going. Um, you, did you know that? On the, I didn't know you put it on. Oh, I put it right on your backpack, on the floor. Let's keep going. We've got to finish up. Which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. So he's going to break and hinder what? This plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. Which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. When we hallow God's name, uh, God's name is used to call upon him for help. God's name is used to hold up the true doctrine. Um, we then lead holy lives according to it. The devil, the world, and our sinful nature do not want that to happen. They don't want us hearing God's word. They don't want us in faith uh, uh, following God that we might give thanks to him. They're trying to get in the way of that. Uh, or let his kingdom come. His kingdom comes when that word has effect in our lives. So this is God's will. He wants this to happen. They don't. So God is breaking. He's hindering. He's getting in the way. But there's one more thing. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. This is his good and gracious will. God's will is that we would finally get through this world, this dark world, as it's said in our hymn, that we would go through all these temptations, that we would live in the midst of this world that we would come to faith and we would keep it. He wants to keep us firm in his word and faith. Um, he may shower us with uh, uh, great material blessings, or he may not. He, he may lead us through a, a, a life of, of great uh, physical uh, sickness, illness, whatever, or he may not. Um, the Lord may have us live during a time in which there is great uh, uh, government oppression or, or tyrants which are martyring people for the faith. Or we may not. But his goal is that we keeps us firm, strengthen us, and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. We may fall into sin, or great sin, he wants to keep us firm, that we would cling to him, that we would confess him, that we would hold on to him. That is his, his will. Uh, and so we say to the Lord, now that you have saved me, I need you to keep me in that will. And that's exactly what he wants to do. Uh, and he is providing. So this is his good and gracious will that we finally might join the saints and angels who are already in heaven who are doing the will of God that we might do that 
and be confirmed in that bliss never to fall again forever. Uh, that is a good and gracious will, and that would be good uh, for us. Question. You like the candles? We'll begin. Oh Lord, open my lips. And my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O oh God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ. Alleluia. You may be seated. The reading is on the back of the bulletin. It's from Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is God's word. Hymn 806, the entire hymn. God the judge. 
trying to teach us about the last day. Here's what's going to happen on the last day. Hmm, the last day. Sounds, sounds scary. The last day is coming. Um, should we be scared of this? Mm -mm. All right. Usually when people think of the last day, they think of... Uh, Oh, the, the person arriving at the gates of heaven and uh, St. Peter opens up the book and he says, well, let me see if I'm going to let you in or not. And that's why it becomes scary. Um, is the last day the day where God's going to make all these decisions? Is that the time where we've got to figure out? No, it isn't. In fact, that's not what this Judgment Day gathering is all about. Um, so, hmm, God, does he know who's saved? Yeah, the scripture says that, that Jesus knows those who are his and those who are his and are know him. Um, does God know who's not saved? Well, of course. All right, so tell me, how do you get to be saved? How do you get, Luke, uh, Liam, how do you get to be saved? You believe in God. Right. What has God done for you? What are you going to believe about him? He has, good, he has died. He's taken away my sins. This is what God has done. So it is through believing in God, through faith, that I know that I am saved. If you're not saved, on the opposite side, you didn't believe. You didn't trust in 
God. Faith comes. Where do we, where do we get this faith from, Liam? Where does it come from? Yeah, where does it come from? Where do you do you work it up in yourself? Do you work hard to believe? <laughs> you just believe. Oh, it's a gift. Aha. The very word, though, brings us the gift. Yeah, the word presents it and says, here's the trust. It creates the trust in the word, the faith in it. And so the scriptures say that faith is not a work. It says it's the gift of God, so no one can boast. So I get this from the word. All right, so when we get to judgment day, it's time for God to gather all the nations before him. We're going to say he's gathering anyone who has ever lived upon this earth uh, during the time that it has been here. Uh, last 6,000 years, the Lord began with Adam and Eve, and now he's going to bring all of us together, and it says he's going to divide them up into sheep and goats. Hmm. Sheep. The sheep are the believers. The goats are the... All right. So already, when God brings them together, he says, you're a believer, you're going to go over here, you're a goat, you're going to go over here, you're an unbeliever. He already knows. He divides them up. And he knows that the sheep are saved by faith. And the goats are damned because they rejected the word. They did not have faith. And so he divides them up already at the beginning. He's going to sit on his throne, he's going to divide them up, and then comes, you would say, the, the judgment day ceremony, and the Judgment Day ceremony involves God pointing out the good works that are done by believers, by those who are at his right hand, by the sheep. Um, in particular, now, we are to love our neighbor. That's the second table of the law. Commandments 4 through 10. We're to love our neighbor. It doesn't matter if they are a believer or not. It doesn't matter if they are uh, uh, a, a heathen, uh, if they are a white supremacist, if they are, you know, I, I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm to treat them with love and respect. And that's true. But in this particular account, he doesn't deal with all the works. He deals with one kind of work. And he mentions a bunch of categories within that. But particularly one kind of work that the believers did. You know what it is? What now? Taking care of our neighbor. Not just any neighbor, though. Again, that's this, 4 through 10. But this one he says. So he says to the, to the, to the sheep, you did this, you did this, you did this. They go, we, we, don't, we don't remember doing that for you. To what? To the least of these, keep going, my, what's the next word? You got it. You remembered the first part. To the least of these, my brothers. Whoa, brothers. That's significant. That's important. Um, hmm. If Jesus is the Son of God, and he has made us children of God, hmm, then we too, if I'm a child of God and you're a child of God, then we're brothers. He's talking about works that you do for other believers, for other brothers. Sometimes we say brothers and sisters in Christ, kind of, you know, kind of thing we talk about. Uh, um, but even in, even in the scriptures, uh, in Galatians, it talks about we're all sons of God. Sons are then brothers, so female theory are brothers. We're all brothers. And so he says, when you did it to other believers, the least of these my brothers, when you did it for other believers, you were doing it for me. Ah, Jesus says, if you are a believer, and you do, you love God, what will you want to do? You will want to take care of those 
who are his church. You will do what? You will support the preaching and teaching of God's word. Um, that's for the good of not only you, but for your brothers. You'll want to come and, and support them. You'll want to help them in, in, in suffering. You'll want to call them up and say, how are you doing? You want to send them a, a card. You're going to want to uh, assist them. Uh, you're going to want to help teach them in Sunday school, or you're going to want to uh, 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 trim the bushes to, to, to help. Why? Would an unbeliever ever want to take care of Jesus' brothers? No. Now, an unbeliever may want to just do a, a nice thing somewhere here in order to get some recognition or to give a large donation to get them named after them, or, 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 or simply to, so people would think they're a good person. But those who treat the church well, those who care about those in the church, he says, you, took, you were taking care of me. And so he says, the way that you treat my church, ah, says, shows others whether you were a believer. Um, I don't care about the church. I stay home. I read my Bible by myself. No, 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 I come. Why? Because I care about my, that church. Those who didn't, it says, shows they didn't care about Jesus. They didn't care about the ones that Jesus suffered and died for. They didn't care about the, uh, the little sheep. They didn't care about uh, those who are uh, um, uh, near the end of life and, and, and maybe need us to go and pray with them and to talk for them. Uh, uh, no, we, we pray, we care for them. Granted, again, we do take care of all, but that's not what it's getting at here. It's simply taking it. The last day is not to determine who's a believer and who's not. It is a public witness. While we're here, we can't see faith. Nobody knows for sure. We know that in the church, believers are going to be gathered, but we know there's going to be hypocrites. We don't know who believes and who doesn't. On the last day, Jesus is going to say, I'm going to show them. And so he has a, a judgment day in which works are brought up to show who has faith because only those who have faith will produce uh, these works. And so he, he holds this up. Um, this is a, a witness. This is God standing up. You will know that God will say, you know, that person held on to me. They struggled, but they held on. Here is that, and it's, and it's going to be uh, held up. So we know that we determine whether you're a sheep or a ghost based on faith, but when that judgment day comes, it's going to be shown because faith produces works. And so by those works, Jesus will make a, a witness. Uh, we had a confirmation, a, um, uh, a, a being brought into membership, uh, uh, someone just, just a couple weeks back uh, in October, uh, in which uh, one of the Bible passages says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. Here is Jesus confessing to the fathers. These are my sheep. They, they belong to me. They have faith. In fact, I can show it to you. Here are the things that they did towards the least of these, my brothers, the other uh, believers in, in, in Christ. What does he call the sheep? He calls them a couple names. What does he call the sheep? He tells them to come. It's an invitation. He's welcoming them. To the goats, he tells them to depart. He's sending them away to hell. But what does he call the sheep? Righteous is one of the names. He calls them the righteous. Cecil, you told me we're a bunch of sinners. And I said, you know, well, come on. And you said, well, no, we're sinners, Pastor. We've got a sinful nature. And yet Jesus calls us righteous. Are you a righteous? You say, yes. How come? Jesus died and took away my, my sin's been covered over. It's like a white robe covering all. Yeah, down deep, I know what I am. On the last day, that'll all be taken away. Um, so you're a righteous. He's calling you a righteous one. All who have faith in Jesus are righteous. He calls them something else. Who else he calls the sheep? They are believers. There's a word, though, it's a B word. Blessed. He said, these are the ones who are blessed. Um, 
right? Those who in faith have been given gifts. They've been blessed. They've been showered uh, uh, upon. What is he called? The goats. Ooh. They're called cursed, right? Um, that is, apart from Jesus, the wages of sin is death. Apart from Jesus, there is a curse. Jesus, when he hung on a cross, he took our curse. They don't have him. So they still have, have, have the cursed, uh, cursed ones. Um, is there another word? If we had the righteous one. Um, Blessed, righteous. Can't remember now. Um, maybe he doesn't. Drive from you, cursed ones. Uh, yeah. And so finally, uh, the last verse, verse 46, and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And so this is a great comfort for us, uh, that we're looking forward to this day. We're looking forward to the day in which God will confess us. Jesus will confess us before our Heavenly Father, uh, that we were his believers, that we did in fact struggle against sin. I know it may not look like it to my neighbors or, or to my heathen uh, uh, neighbors, but I am struggling with my sin, I am a believer, and I'm, I'm trying to do his word. It will show that, that faith which he had created in our hearts. Questions about the last day? All right, prayers this evening. What do we pray for? What do we ask God for? Thank him for, confess, or praise? Yes? For God's will. We need to ask God for his will that his will might be done. What else? What should we thank him for? For making us sheep, for blessing us, for, through his son, calling us to be righteous, <laughs> covering us up. Um, confess that we have often hindered his work rather than him hindering the will of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Uh, we have broken through those barriers that God has put. And we need to praise him that he is a gracious God that is wanting good for us. All right, this evening we'll do our recite word by word. We've got a couple more tonight and next Wednesday, and then we start on our new church year, so we'll be uh, having a new sheet with a psalm and a couple other things. Um, hey, Leon, which one of these do you want for tonight? You want two of them? Which ones? Lord's Prayer and Holy Baptism. Luke, do you want one? Yes, you'll do two, huh? Lest your brother outdo you. Go ahead. All right, Ten Commandments, Apostles' Creed. Looks like I'm left with, nope, you got two. Confession and absolution and sacrament of the altar. I'll take confession. You'll take confession? Thank you very much. Let us stand. The Ten Commandments teach what we are to do. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He said, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, 
punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The Apostles' Creed teaches what God does and gives. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord's Prayer teaches how we should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Holy baptism brings us into the Christian community. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Confession and absolution is the voice of the gospel. It is the proper use of the gospel to believe the absolution of our sins and to be assured that they are forgiven us without any merit of our own through Christ and that when we believe the words of absolution, we are assuredly reconciled to God as if we heard a voice from the Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The sacrament of the altar is food for the soul. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The Lord be with you. Let us pray.
O Lord, so rule and govern our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that being ever mindful of the end of all things and the day of your just judgment, we may be stirred up to holiness of living here and dwell with you forever hereafter. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Heavenly Father, we ask that your will might be done in our lives. We ask, dear Lord, that you would continue to grant your word, calling us back from our sins, continue to strengthen us uh, that we might uh, resist temptation. We praise you uh, that you have been a gracious God, and we thank you for all the good that we have received. We are indeed blessed. In your Son's name we pray. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.